everyone. Amanda, Grace, and Cyrus here. He just came in as we were starting. Welcome to Grace Out Loud. I'm going to bring in my co-host, Marty Grisham, in just a moment as Cyrus is knocking things over in my office. He knocked over the wheat. The wheat was on the floor. Cyrus knocked it over. So welcome to everybody who are jumping on in the United States and around the world. So glad to have you on this very festive upcoming week. Uh, well, hello to our moderators and our Ark of Grace team. Welcome. Thank you for helping us do what we do for the Lord. We've got, I think this is going to get interesting today, this topic, as we as we continue uh, to delve deep into it. And we'll, we'll get into uh, in a moment what it is it has to do with, but part of it is restoring reverence for the Lord. And we're going to go into some other things from there. So let's bring in Marty Grisham. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Cyrus. Yeah, Cyrus, yep, he wanted to join us today. Cyrus Absolutely. is here. And he left the door open. He, le he left the door open. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How yep. you been doing? How's it? You were with us uh, last weekend for the healing revival. Thank you. We had such a great time. Well, thank you. I love coming to Tulsa. So any chance I get to come to Tulsa, I really love it there. Uh, yeah. they, they automatically know I am not from Oklahoma. Yeah, when I come off the plane, it becomes quite obvious to everybody. But I, I have so many dear friends there. I love coming. Thank you for having me, Marty. And yes. so now I'm back in New York. Yes, it was good. We had a great event and we will plan some more on out into 2024 somewhere. We'll have some more stuff. Speaking of more stuff, we are going to be together and um, very soon. And uh, is it Tulare, California? Tulare, Tulare. Yes. Yes. We're going to be there. And the night before we've got confirmation with our wonderful host, Clay Clark, we will be having our time of prayer the Thursday night before, which we've already wonderful. began to do those. So we'll be having that go on. More details will come out about that soon. So. Okay. Wonderful. Well, cool. good. Looking forward to it. Um, it was 26 degrees last night here in New York. So Whoa. California, you know, I'll be able to thaw out a little bit while I'm there before going back to the cold. <laughs> yeah, a, a good thawing. Because I think we're going to be, so we're not going to be like really far south, but it's still going to be much better weather than we're going to be either having yes. in Tulsa or New York. So Far warmer. Yeah, yes. we should have some prayer time today. Absolutely. Good, good, oh, good. To start off in prayer. Yes. Okay, well, Marty, so you want to go I'll, first? Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it rolling and we'll let okay. you bring in the caboose. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Father God. Oh, we thank you. We just reverence you, Lord. Today we're going to talk about reverence in you. Yes, so Lord. we're asking you, our precious Father. We're asking you, Holy Spirit. We're asking you to lead us and guide us in what we say today. We we endeavor to speak out of your heart, out of your word, in line with your spirit, to just open the eyes of the understanding of the hearers and their hearts would be open that they will be able to draw nearer unto you by reverencing you, that they'll need be able to draw nearer to you by um, just giving more weight, giving more consideration, giving more time, giving more reverence, giving more focus, giving more fear unto the Lord concerning your precious word. And Father, we thank you so much that, uh, there, you know, Paul said, Father, there are many spirits and none are without signification, uh, signification or or, you know, the essence of their voice means something. But Lord, help us today to put your voice above everything else, even circumstances, even all the weights and the things that could come against us, the pressures of life. Lord, that we begin to reverence you. We begin to, to seek you, and, and fervently hunger for you. 
which will cause us to have more clarity in hearing and knowing your voice as opposed to other voices that would endeavor to lead us astray. So, Father, we just ask you to speak to us and lead us and guide us today, and we thank you for that. We know you're with us. We know your hand of protection. And so right now, speaking of hand of protection, Father, Amanda and I and our teams, our staffs, yes, we come Lord. to you now yes, on Lord. behalf of all the viewers of Loudmouth Prayer, yes, Grace Out Loud, and Ark of Grace. And we just come to you in the name of Jesus, and we just bring the name of Jesus against every tactic of the enemy. Yes, we just apply the blood of Jesus against every tactic of the enemy, every, every, um, every maneuver and every strategy and every tactic that would endeavor to bring harm or sickness or disease, we command to stop in the name of Jesus, and we speak life over them, not death. We speak life and divine protection, and we thank you for it, Father, in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father God, in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Lord. We come before you, Father. We praise you that you are almighty God. You are high and lifted up far above every power, principality, and might. Lord, we humble ourselves before you this day, asking that the pull of the flesh becomes less in our lives, so you, your will, your power become more in our lives. Father, we acknowledge you did send your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, to the earth, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the Passover lamb, the sacrifice for our sins, and he willingly died at Calvary, purchased us by the shedding of his blood rose again in three days, ascended back into heaven after appearing to many and took his victorious rightful place at your right hand where he rules and reigns forevermore. He is our advocate before your throne. We honor that before you this day. Father, we invite your presence, the presence of Ruach Elohim, the spirit of the living God and the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, Lord, to fill this place, Lord, that the weight of your glory would fall, the power of your presence would move, Father God, that your will above all would be done, Lord, that you would lead and guide us in all wisdom, counsel, might, power, and the reverential fear of the Lord. By the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one true living God, May only the truth and power of Almighty God with authority come forth, Father God, in Jesus' name. Father, help us to seek you first, Lord. Above all, you order our steps, and the steps of the righteous are indeed ordered of the Lord. Father, take all the glory for yourself, for you are the potter, we are merely the clay. You are the author and finisher of our faith, Father God. Without your breath of life in us, we don't have life, Lord. Every breath we take is because of you. Your word says, let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. We praise you this day. We glorify you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Praise amen. God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, uh, we may have some caption this today, don't we? This is going to be a fun caption this. Well, it's Thanksgiving week too, right? It, I mean, it, Happy yeah. Thanksgiving, Marty. Happy Thanksgiving, Amanda, and everyone out there. Yes. Yes. So this is, this is, a, very, uh, this is a very busy week for many, bustling. Yeah, the you turkeys. Know, yeah, the, tur <laughs> the turkey. I mean, you know, could Mar Marty just say it as plain as it could be said? Interested, interesting uh, stuff going on in the whole bird world right now. He's a yeah. collector. What can I say? He's a yes. collector of of rubber fowl. Yeah, <laughs> but none of them have a foul spirit in the name of Jesus. And none of them. None of them. None yes. Of them. Okay. God. So <laughs> we'll do mine first because because Marty's is like okay, qu quite hysterical. Okay, Marty. Now, I got to tell you what's on the front of this toy for you to give a good caption. So, our animal staff, who absolutely loves all the animals of the sanctuary, unbeknownst to me, went out and bought this 
giant uh, Christmas pickle. This what it is this pickle uh, for the dogs. It's a dog toy, and on the front of it, it says "kind of a big deal." Oh my gosh! Uh, yep, this is what they went and did. <laughs> this is what I came home to. And okay. as you can see, they tore it up, and that little big that 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 white thing towards the top is the squeaker that Missy dug out. Oh wow! Oh, uh-huh. so she she's one of the dogs. The, there are some of those dogs. They literally go after the squeaker. That's their whole goal in life. Is I agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I would think at first it would be like an elf that they ate his legs and and uh, <laughs> arms off. So, um, but it's definitely got some kind of Christmas theme going on with this mm-hmm. pickle. Yep. Uh, Amanda, I'm really not that good. I'm, what do you get? What, what caption this? Literally, your your followers, what, they caption this some of the best caption this is, 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 is ever. Well, what do you get here? You know that song stuck in the middle with you? Yeah. There's a song that says that. Yeah. So if you, <laughs> if you, if you change the words, it's stuck with a pickle and two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Instead of rest in peace, it's rest in pickle or something. Yeah, yep. that's all I'm getting here. So. There you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's the kind of things that I just happen to come home to, that that our staff does. Yeah. For the animals, so they absolutely love that toy. By the way, they they carry it around like prey and drag it through the house. <laughs> what comical to watch. Okay, so. Marty, okay. we have yours, and I am public service uh, announcement. I am not responsible for this picture. Okay, okay I have nothing to say. <laughs> this is—I um, don't know if this is terrifying or heartwarming. Um, I guess speechless. I don't know. Gumbo's in shock because uh, I don't know one of his relatives. I don't know, but he's in shock. <clears throat> that sure. doesn't look like the look of hunger. No, it, nope. It looks like the look of terror, Marty. Sheer <laughs> well, terror. That's the most interesting thing is it's the look that he has all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> but he's a man of many faces, we have to say. Uh-huh. Is Gumbo coming to your Thanksgiving dinner, Marty? Uh, actually, he's staying at home because he does have an entire family here. They're all here. <laughs> And I'm sure some of my followers are recognizing they had sent me some of these when they watched this. So some of our uh, Lama Prayer family sent me some of these in the mail and at different events. So um, <laughs> we have more. That's all I can hold at one time. So <clears throat> Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you'll get more now, Marty. I'm sure um, you'll get more. I'm okay. I have plenty. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's caption this. Yeah. Praise God. Okay. Well. So you, I see that you have been talking about pythos. I've been seeing that. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the occult world and all that's going on there, it's just been such a stirring up of witchcraft. There's been yes. such, Jenny and I have been getting a lot of alarming interactions where the Holy Spirit is quickening us, leading us, guiding us, helping us in prayer, different things along those lines. and. And then you're coming out and you're, you've been exposing some of the tactics of the enemy with some of the mm-hmm. shows that you've been doing. And just about three or four days ago, I was on the phone with a friend of mine. Yes. A friend of mine and Jenny, she's a minister of God of many years, powerful lady of God. And we're talking and we begin to talk about worship. And 
as we're talking about worship, she's saying some things that's really correcting me because I love to interpret services. I love, let's just say the word prophetically to come into a service. Yeah. And because I, I feel like it's, it's, it's something I'm gifted with and I love to be able to pick up what's the heart and the mind of the yes. spirit of God at this moment in this setting of the assembly. So mm-hmm. I love to come in and just practice that spiritual discernment, perception, yes. sensitivity, whatever it is. And just since, so sometimes I'll go in, in worship services and I'll do that instead of worship. And she was talking to me on the phone and I'm like, I have misplaced. So it reminded me of that song. We're coming back to the heart of worship. Worship. Yeah. Where, you know, yeah where it's all about you. Know, where it's, you. It's, it's all, all about, about you. Yes. You know, forgive us Lord, you know, for what we've made it. Yeah. And I've never understood that song until about three days ago. It never really resonated with me at the level that I believe it should had mm-hmm. until I found that, wow, I've not made worship about my father. I've made worship about how I can feel with his presence when I'm with my father during that time. Mm-hmm. But that might be second, third, fourth, or fifth, but yes. we're to seek first the kingdom. And so now... I've been in two worship services since she and I talked and both of them were so different because I went in and I didn't look at the singers. I didn't look at anyone beside me. I blocked everything out and I poured out my heart and magnified him. And it was just so precious, so wonderful, so glorious. So that was just an adjustment. So it's brought me back to being hunger hungry about this topic of reverencing the Lord. Yes. You know, I think true reverence and what it is has escaped part of the church. You know, reverence too is a healthy fear of the Lord. Yeah. You know, and I, and I'm going to say this as plainly as I can, but part of the church has neutered God. Uh Oh, you know what I mean? neutered God. I don't know how else to say it, but that, you know what I mean? Where, you know, they've reduced him to something that, oh, we don't have to, you know, have a healthy fear and reverence and respect for. He's just there to be our best pal. Well, he's our father. He's a disciplinary figure. He loves us. Yeah. You know, he might've called Abraham friend, but Abraham called him Lord. Yeah. And we have to remember that. That's well said. Mm-hmm. That's well said. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So you, when it comes to reverence, we have to understand the awesomeness of who God is. In our finite minds, we can't possibly comprehend all of it. But one word, he could wipe out the earth. One, one action on his part and the earth is done. That's yeah. why it's so important that Jesus is our advocate before the throne. Yeah. Because day and night he advocates for us yeah. uh, before his father. And so getting back to true reverence, there, there actually is a, one of the books in the Old Testament goes into this quite a bit. And it's the book of Ezra, mm. where they had to reconsecrate themselves before the Lord, yeah. reverence the Lord, fall yeah. on their knees before the <laughs> Lord. And, and the book of Ezra is about this actually. Hmm. Well, the word consecrate, um, the prayer of consecration, you have the prayer of agreement, prayer of faith or authority, yeah. prayer of petition. There's so many prayers, prayer of worship, praise, 
the prayer of casting your care over on the Lord, but there's also the prayer of consecration. And it's most mm-hmm. known for Father, where Jesus said, Father, not my will, but yours being done. So basically Jesus is saying, I am going to just melt my will and have it just get in line and symmetrical, and it's going to perfectly match your will. So Jesus wasn't without a will. He just conformed and yielded to the will of the Father. But that prayer of consecration is the number one most mentioned and talked about prayer in the New Testament over 140 times. No other prayer was mentioned more than the prayer of consecration. So that really shows that the enemy is always trying to get us to make something about us and what yes. we want yes. instead of the will or the plan of the Father. And and that's a good way to put it because if the enemy can get us to circumvent God's will by putting our will ahead, now we're trying to lead God along, which cannot happen, instead of God leading us and allowing yeah. him to go before us, get in front of us, and lead us. Yeah. And that's so well said because I mean, life has got so much that comes our way mm-hmm. and it's easy to just do knee jerk responses and just, okay, I'll do this and I'll do this. And I know so many ministers, a good idea comes and they run with it. And it might've been not a God idea. It might've been only a good idea. And just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. God shoots highest and best all the time. God never allows his plan or his assignment or his call or whatever it is for your life. He never says, okay, mine's second best. He is God. He mm-hmm. only brings the best and he wants us to be in line yeah. with, you know. Now, there are times where God will say, okay, what do you want? And yeah. he will allow you at times, but most people try to make that all the time. Well, I'll just go with this. So I see ministries over the years. For 20 years, I've seen ministries do that. Mm-hmm. They'll get their hand busy on something. And, and just on the inside, the Spirit of God would witness with me and say, "Yes, that's something good, but it's not God. And I don't know if it was um, John Bevere or someone came out with a book, you know, good, not God or something like that. And so I kind of like that terminology, but it's very true. We could just very quickly just bring everything before him and consecrate, hey, God, this thing that's come in front of me, I'm bringing it before you. I'm allowing you to respond and adjust me. Is this of you? Is this something you want me to do? And is the timing right? Just because I'm supposed to do something doesn't mean it's the time for it. Well, that's true. Timing is key because the Lord will call us or give us ideas or things of that nature. But because he's called or given it at that point doesn't mean you're going to see the fruition of it at that point. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's a matter of walking it out in a disciplinary way with the Lord to get yeah. you where he needs you to be, to come into the fullness of that. And what happens is people want to skip steps to get to the end point, to get to the promise. They want to, you know, they want to play hopscotch and they want to jump and they want to skip and they want to do that. But if you do that, you won't be as ready as God needs you to be for yeah. that point when the fullness of it happens. It's so important to go through the process because the process really helps you develop to your relationship with the Lord, where you know your place and you know God's place. And when you skip those steps, those things, it can get very blurred, those lines. And that's where you see podiums crumble. That's where you see people that, 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 that had so much promise, you know, fall so hard. Because they want to skip that. You cannot skip that. 
You need that solid foundation with the Lord to understand your place in his place. And, and that, and that father child relationship of obedience. Yeah. So you can have the fullness poured out on you of what God wants to give you. Yeah. And, and reverencing the Holy spirit. So once again, just a quick reminder, because of the Bible, we see scriptures that talk about the fear of the Lord. Well, it's not, oh God, fear, it's reverence. So re- yeah. reverence is the really the best word I've known to plug into, instead of the fear of the Lord, the reverence. So just reverencing him, um, like we were talking earlier before the show, and you mentioned Matthew 6.33, seeking first the kingdom of God yes. and that righteous relationship you have with him. But it's first, it's not second, it's not third, and giving mm-hmm. time to that, but reverencing the Holy Spirit. So we'll, let's jump in this just for a little, if if I believe we can do pretty good uh, with this topic a little bit, is we're supposed to reverence the Holy Spirit, but much have reverenced wrong spirits. Yeah, Bible talks about deceiving spirits that will come and lead people the wrong way. I believe there's been a lot of occult. There's been a lot of uh, wrong spirits that have, oh, my, 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 I'm having stuff just come to me right now that's just led many in the body of Christ the wrong way. Like, why is it half of the body of Christ says this guy would be good for a political office and the other half says it would be horrible for the political office? That's not what God wants. This guy's the guy. And how is it that half or more of the body of Christ is supposedly deceived? There's deception. They're listening. They're reverencing the wrong spirit. Go ahead, Amanda. I I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, they have to understand, too, when it comes to a leader, right, you're not voting for a pastor. You're voting for a leader. Two totally different things, although leaders should. All the amazing leaders in the word of God reverenced and feared God and, 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 and listened to those that were around them for counsel that truly walked with the Lord and feared them. But a leader has much different qualities that you're voting for. So you want a leader that, 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 that fears the Lord, like reverences him, understands, you know, how the Lord is high up and far above them. But at the same time, there are qualities that people, it's strange in the church because they reverence those qualities or they, they praise them yeah. with leaders in the Old Testament, but with leaders in the New Testament, they can, or leaders in this t- day and time that we're in now, they condemn it. So, for example, right, David was brazen. He was a warrior. He was incredibly flawed. David yeah. was a, he, he feared the Lord, but he was incredibly flawed. He did a lot of things he shouldn't have done, right? He, was um he constantly um was was after the enemies of god he had a thirst to go after that you know what i mean which which gets into that whole warrior mentality which which is very different than you know what i mean than somebody that's off the battlefield yeah and david had a lot of these qualities that people think are so great but if you take them and put them into a leader today they condemn it they condemn it. And so that's where we, it's true. They condemn it. And we can't think like that. If, if you think it was so wonderful when David had these qualities and Joshua had these qualities and they had these qualities, 
Well, today then, those same qualities that the Lord looks for when he searches the heart of a leader, we should still, you know, say, okay, obviously this, this person has to be brazen for a reason. I may not like it. Yeah. I may not, might not, may not be my cup of tea, the brazenness, but obviously when you have to deal with insane leaders around the world, <laughs> you may need some brazenness in you. I mean, the lesser of two evils. I mean, just that one little comment there can can weigh out between someone that has a strong personality versus someone that's just basically perverted, twisted, and evil. Yes. The big difference. There is. Someone who has a rough personality is not like someone that is evil. Um, you know, and, and by the way, Paul knew more about God and the word than any of us ever watching this show. And he said, we all fall short of the glory of God. Now that's why God came so lovingly and graciously grabbed us and crammed some glory in us because we do fall short of the glory. Yes, but what absolutely. Paul was also saying there was we're all, we're all with error, with fault. We're all growing. We're all at some level needing to get better. You know, the equipping of the saints, why? Because they're not equipped yet for the work of the ministry until we all come into the unity and the edifying of the body of Christ. We've, we're not there yet. We're just all growing. So, yeah, give me a strong personality leader that's a little rough around the collar any day of the week before some twisted, I'm purposely saying what I'm saying right now. Yes. Listen to me. Twisted, perverted evil is what we've been dealing with. And that is, well, okay. Second Timothy 3, mm-hmm. 1 through 9. I'll just go there. Okay. Let's just go there. Let's Amanda. just go okay. there. Let's just dive right okay. in, Marty. We're just diving head first. All right. Let's just Into jump on in. So uh, I'll I'll read for a while here. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 9. I'm reading in the New King James because I like okay. new stuff. But know on. this, that in the last days, hey, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's perilous times. One another word for that is stressful. Stressful times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Oh, that's an interesting one to be thrown in the mix of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal. (laughs) The brutal, the acts of violence we're seeing today are so brutal. Despisers of good, traitors to our nation. Did I just say that? Did I just put in to our nation? Yeah, I'll put that in there. Traitors to the body of Christ. Ooh, did I just say that? Man, we're just getting in all kinds of crazy, aren't we? Traitors to our nation, traitors to the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. traitors to the Lord God, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Uh, Man, that just like rings to me. Sodom and Gomorrah. Yep, that's right. Wow, wow, wow. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Mm -hmm. And from such people, you are to turn away. For verse six. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Obviously, Paul was literally speaking to Timothy about some certain incidents yes. where because Timothy was a pastor and Paul was giving him some insight of how to maybe take care of some of the women in the church. Yes. And verse seven, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Now, verse eight. Now, the reason why I'm even saying verse 8 is because I'm praying for my city, the city of Tulsa, about nine months ago, or maybe a little bit more, and the Lord took me in the spirit to the mayor's office. 
So now I'm in the spirit, in the realm of the spirit, in the mayor's office, and I sensed the spirit of God say this to me, Janus and Jambres. So that's why I'm reading okay. verse eight. I wrote something down. I'll say after you read, if you were reading, I wrote something down. We're, well, I'll say it. Good. Okay. I saw your little fingers going in it. <laughs> now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses. Moses, yeah. after he was alive, many times, especially New Testament, is a reference to the law of God, yes. Yes. the word of God. If you go and look at Mount Matthew 17, the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus, Peter, James, and John is in her circle, was up on the mount, we saw Moses, the word, and Elijah, the spirit, yes show up with this metamorphosing, transforming, glory-filled Jesus. So Moses is the word. So we'll just, I'll just stop right there. Janus and Jambres were magicians, were soothsayers, were witchcraft, warlocks, whatever you want to call them. And look what it said. They resisted God's word. They resisted the word. All of these people in verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, they're resisting the word of God. That's right. Go ahead, Amanda. Amen. Amen. This is what I wrote too, which is interesting. Disobedience, right? Because you were talking about that when you were reading scripture, equals rebellion. Oh, wow. Which oh. equals, which <laughs> is witchcraft. Yeah. as the sin of witchcraft. Yeah. I wrote wow. that in, that yeah. equation while you were talking. Yeah. The crazy about that rebellion deceit is the deceitful aspect of it, uh -huh. because many times they don't know they're rebellious. They don't know because they're deceived about it. So they're walking, listening to one spirit, yes. while the Holy Spirit, who Brother Hagen used to say all the time, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. So this gentleman being, and that means he minds yeah. his manners. He it doesn't is. force you to do something. He will prompt you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will suggest, yes. but he doesn't force. He's mm -hmm. not a forcing spirit. Well, the twisting, perverting of his opposite, his polar opposite, the spirit, the darker spirits, they're all forceful. That's why they possess people to take them over and make them do things they wouldn't do otherwise. So we have people in the body of Christ. We're, we don't even have to talk about the world. Listen, the world should act lost because they're lost. Yeah, exactly. The world literally is submitted to the spirit of darkness. Yes. They are fathered by the spirit of darkness. I know that's really strong to say, but they don't have Father God as their father yet. So someone, the spirit of, of Satan, someone is acting as their Lord and Savior. Exactly. And so in all of this, the body of Christ has been affected by the occult. The body of Christ has been affected by this deceiving spirit that has convinced them that it's the Holy Spirit. And it's the same spirit we have been dealing with since the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Wow. Because who was at the tree talking to Eve? The serpent. The serpent was more cunning, it says, than yeah. any other. Now, it, it it kind of alarms me that Eve was not freaked out by a talking animal, which leads me to believe maybe quite a few of the animals talked back then because she didn't seem bothered by it one bit. But I digress on that point. However, at the tree, 
when this conversation went down between them, what did the serpent say to her? He said, if you eat of this, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. You will be woke. Wow. And you will become like God, knowing good and evil. That's when she took the bite of the fruit and then was used as a tool to deceive Adam. The serpent didn't go to Adam too. Notice that. The serpent used Eve as a tool to carry a wokely corrupt message to Adam. Had Adam resisted, we might see a whole different earth right now. Yeah. Because it really rode on Adam as the head resisting. And so this is the same spirit, the same lie that goes back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that has been fed to part of the church that they have taken a big old fat bite out of rotten fruit. Mm. Well, the rotten fruit that the church is biting uh-huh. is um, reverencing the wrong spirit. Whatever you reverence is going to lead you. Whatever you reverence, or may I say, whoever you reverence, you're putting them in leadership. You're putting them in the role. Yeah. That you're giving heed. You're you're like the word of God in Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, set your eyes upon it, set your heart upon it. Why? Because the word of God will lead you and guide you. It will heal you. It will help you be prosperous. It will, it will help you and affect you in every way of your life because you're reverencing it and you've given it place in your life. Well, so you have the word of God. We should give place. We should reverence. Yes. And then the spirit of God and much of the body of Christ has been listening to the wrong spirit, the whole seeker friendly movement, of, hey, let's don't mention the blood of Jesus. Let's don't, listen, listen. How, 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 how gentle can we do an altar call? Because if, if, listen, pastor, if you do the altar call too strong, you're going to hurt people. Okay, well, if they don't come to Jesus and they die, there is a level of hurt that you can't even comprehend. It's called hell. It's called fire and brimstone. It's, it's called true. tormenting forever. And yes. so you don't want to create a 10-minute environment to wake no. them and shake them, but they're going to spend eternity in a torture that you absolutely can't imagine without being there. Yeah, I think we need to do a little waking and shaking with our altar calls. I think like one of our friends, um, he just uh, one of our, our friends just keeps talking about, you know, your friend and my friend, keeps talking about repentance, the need for repentance. I so agree. The body of Christ is not just needing repentance, but it's needing that point of contact of calling people to repentance, like come before the Lord. Now is the time to come to the Lord. And so the spirit that much of the body of Christ has been following is not the spirit of God. And it would lead men the wrong way deceptively to never come to a place of making a decision that will change eternity for their lives, getting things back in line with God. Salvation, just the simple. And the occult does that. It's a twisting. It's a perverting. It is a perverting. And and what's happened in part of the church is that they have whitewashed conviction. Mm. Conviction is supposed to feel heavy. Mm, Yeah. You're supposed to feel uncomfortable. 
And you, that's what that's what it's made for to make you feel uncomfortable in a way that it propels you towards the Lord. That you know what I mean? Kind of like if I could give you an image, right? Um, when a mother eagle, right? The Lord always teaches me through animals. This is Ark of Grace, so you know. Uh, so when a mother eagle has babies. She before she lays her eggs, what does she do? She feathers her nest. She feathers it, she makes it soft, she makes it warm, she lays her eggs, and when the eaglets hatch, she feeds them, she cares for them, she does all these things. But there comes a point where mama knows they have to be pushed in a certain direction. Yeah. To survive. And you know what she does to that beautifully feathered nest? She begins to take sticks and start poking them in every which way. So any way the eaglet moves, it feels uncomfortable. And it pushes them out of the nest to soar. To literally jump and soar and do what she knows inherently they're supposed to do. Conviction is sort of like that. If you're somewhere that's making you feel good about sinning, that's tilling the soil for it. That's telling you it's not a big deal. That's yeah. whitewashing conviction and feathering your nest. Run. Because conviction is not supposed to be comfortable. Yeah, It's not meant for that. It is meant so we don't do those things anymore. And we're propelled more towards the things of God. <clears throat> yeah, And they've taken that out. Which means the soil is constantly tilled for sin. And it's put in an incubator and it grows. And people live with that and they never feel bad about it. Yeah. And 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 part of the church has taken that out of the equation. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that and properly lead people to Christ. Yeah. 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 The searing that scripture that talked about the searing of the conscience like a hot iron. Yeah. Christians cannot keep searing their con- conscience if they're endeavoring to keep walking in the love of God, you know, and I'm not talking love for others. I'm talking reverencing, loving God, you know, a scripture that, um, Psalm 38, three, uh, 30, 33, eight. Yes. Psalm 33, eight, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. That's, I believe that's probably a King James or a new King James. Stand in awe. So awe isn't just like, oh, he's so wonderful. He's so powerful. He's so glorious. But there's also the fear of the Lord. Like if I don't, if I'm not on his team, then I'm against him. Yeah. How does that end? There's an awe of his wonderfulness, his great power, his might, his sovereignty, and there's an awe of how it blesses you when you're joined with him and how it actually curses you if you're not. Yeah. And that's what God kept saying to Egypt. That's what he kept saying through the the you know through the the curse of the law in Deuteronomy 28:15 through 60. We see all of those scriptures and we see how the Old Testament men wrote. If you do this, you'll be blessed. If you don't do this, I will smack you with the diseases of Egypt. And people are like, oh, God's giving sickness. No, no, you chose to not walk with him. Yes. He had to stay. You you told him to take his hands off of you. Well, his hands are hands of protection. So when you tell him, 
by not walking with him and denying him and not reverencing him, when you tell him you don't want him in your life, he's got to back away. Well, you're backing away protection. You're backing away healing. You're backing away him prospering you in your soul in every area of your life. So the scriptures in the Old Testament that looks like God was putting diseases on people, it was God being told to get away from them because they chose to not walk with him. And then suddenly he has to back away that allowed and permitted bad stuff to come in their life. New Testament, you don't see the terminology the same way because it's operating from a different dispensation of grace where the mentality yeah. was different from the writers. So, yeah, I mean, that's part of what we're dealing with is not reverencing the Lord brings the curse. It does. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. There is a there is a, a pattern in scripture for this happening. And if you see it as like a force field, right? Yeah. So the reverence and fear of God creates a force field, creates in a, in a, in a hedge, basically. It creates this protection around that the enemy has a very hard time penetrating. But yeah. because it says in Second Peter, the enemy roams about like a lion seeking whom he may devour, lions circle and they circle and they circle and they circle and they look for an entry point yeah and they look for the weakest lions want least collateral damage to them that is their goal to 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 take prey without damage to themselves so they circle and they circle and they circle what happens then when the lord is pushed away because the reverence goes part of that hedge begins to lift and the enemy finds his yeah. entry point to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. You want to make <clears throat> it really hard yeah. for the enemy to attack you. Yeah. You want to make him have to work so hard at trying to find an entry point that's going to do damage that he goes, this isn't worth it now. And he retreats, resist yeah. the enemy and he shall flee from you. Part of that resisting is reverencing. Yeah. Is reverencing the Lord, communion with him, being in his presence, you know, fearing the Lord in a healthy, respectful, I'm talking about <laughs> way. Yeah. That is all part of resisting. Yeah. And it makes it so hard for the enemy to try to get any, you know, traction that he retreats. But if the reverence is not there, the armor is not there, the protection is not there, you're a sitting duck. Yeah. For the enemy, that's what you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that scripture I read a while ago, um, let the all the earth fear the Lord. Let the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Like stand at attention. Yeah, exactly. So that just says to me, <clears throat> um, there's a natural side of respecting, reverencing, fear in the Lord, and there's a spiritual side. Yeah. And so many times, like <clears throat> I was talking with one of my prayer um, court, actually the Loudmouth Prayer Coordinator, her name is Jolina. She and I, we are uh, our, our Loudmouth group. We had a time of prayer about a week and a half ago. <clears throat> and afterwards, <clears throat> uh, we're sitting there and, J and Jolina and I were just talking for a few minutes. And she said, I was praying one time and I leaned back and got comfortable. And kind of just kind of crossed my arms and was praying, and the Lord kind of got on to me. I'm like, whoa, why? <clears throat> she said, the Lord began to instruct me that I was just not giving him my best. 
that it should to him. Now this, I'm just talking, I'm not making this a law for everyone. This is him and dealing with her. And I've come to believe it's for me too, that when you lean in, it's almost like standing at attention, stand in awe of him. That when you lean in, it's like you're pursuing him fervently instead of sitting back, being relaxed. Now there is something said about resting in the presence of God, basking in his glory you know, waiting before the Lord quietly where you can relax and let his presence bless you and you're communing with him. So I'm not throwing away that. I'm just saying when it's time to pursue him, you can even do stuff in the natural, like stand in the awe of him. So I began to do that more. I'm leaning in. I'm purposefully seeing myself pursue him, leaning in. You know, like if if you're like whenever you and Chris have date night, you know, you're going to lean in, right? I know, you know, like this morning, one of my sons are sitting on the couch, right? I think and, you uh, and Jenny have to have date night. We, 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 we have about, uh, try to have at least one a week. But Good, good, um, good. But, you know, my son this morning, I come to sit on the couch next to him, you know, about 30 minutes before uh, uh, I did my morning show this morning. And um, so I, I sit on the couch and yeah. he just leans into me because he's used to me walking up and giving him a hug. Yeah. But there's something reverential. There's something about yes. giving focus on this leaning in. So all of that to say, we can do things in the natural. We can do things in the natural, which purposefully point us naturally, even with our body, yeah. to reverence the Lord and put him first. Do you know what I do? I'm going to tell everybody what I do because I don't talk about this publicly much. But before I go on broadcasts, yeah. okay, now this is pretty much every time. There's a couple things I do. First of all, I take communion. Why do I do that? Because I am, I am showing the Lord that I am reverencing and remembering the sacrifice him and his son had to make for us. So that moves me, you know what I mean? Into the will of God. One, two, I get on my knees and pray on the floor, face to the floor and pray. You know why? Because that is submission. I'm in a submissive position before I even speak what the Lord wants me to speak. I'm making sure I am in the right submissive, not only, you know, posture, but mindset. So I know where I'm supposed to be and who he is. So I do those two things. It's good. To reverence the Lord. Yeah. Before every, I did it today. Before Grace Out Loud. Yeah. We were at a meeting the other day, Jenny and I and some of our friends, we were at a meeting. Um, it was a church, church meeting. It wasn't actually a church. It was still a Christian meeting. It wasn't one of our events. <clears throat> And the speaker from the stage said, hey, while I'm speaking right now, could everyone just not walk around? Now, obviously, if your bladder is fixing to explode and kill four people around you, you should go to the bathroom. Outside of that, you know, <laughs> you know, um, okay. there's something about reverencing the word of the Lord from yes, someone sharing it. There's something about the assembling of yourself together. Now, Amanda, I've been making a few references to you for the last two shows that I've done. Because I've oh, referenced, really? yes, oh, thank you. praise the Lord. Yes. About your, about your hair. No, I'm just joking. Um, I've been referenced cause I, the word of the Lord came to me a year ago or so. One day, uh, Jenny and I were just on the couch. We were just praying for you and the word of the Lord came to me 
And so I won't give all the word, but there's a reference in the word of the Lord about how he's using you on in the online church. Remember that? Yes, yes. The, gen- <clears throat> the one with the word general in it, is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe general or, or princess uh, Princess Something Leia. Like yeah, I can't remember like, what it is. I don't know, but I, I remember part. Yes, I do remember yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, it was probably a general, but it was talking about, you know, okay. the online church. Well, that's not terminology I'd ever used Yeah, because I'm all about the local ecclesia gathering together. But he made a reference to many today are in an online church and he's using you greatly yeah. in that. And so that was a really cool word. And I gave it to you within a day or so did, or whatever. And then... But it got me to thinking, you know, about I just wanted to encourage everyone that it is wonderful and beautiful to be a part of an online assembly, but you can't replace the local assembly of gathering yourselves together. That's true. This is, that is a scriptural precedent. You can't just wash away with other things that are really good. Just because something's good doesn't mean it's his best or it's God all the way. And so I believe what even what you and I are doing, this is of the Lord. But this is not to replace each and every one of us submitting to a local church because it's not submitting to a pastor as much as it is submitting to this group of people where they're bringing supply to bless me. I'm bringing supply to bless them and it needs a leader. So you got your pastor. You might have a prophet leading it. You might have a different ministry. Sam is our shepherd. Yeah. So you have this shepherd. There you go. The shepherd. You have the shepherd. And yeah. you're submitting, obviously, to them, but also to the entire body. But if you're online, you're not able to submit the same. So so, the, so all of this being said, this is one way of reverencing the word and reverencing the Lord. Because when you reverence the body and you bring the body of Christ and you bring your supply that you have, your gifts, your talents, your callings, your divine assignments, right. you bring those to the local assembly under a shepherd. That's also another way of reverencing the system that God's put in place. Amen. It is. And and, and shepherding is, is no joke. It's hard. (laughs) It's dirty. Now, why, why do I say that? Have you ever been in a sheep pen? Because I have, we have two. It is dirty. I got to go in with mucking boots on. <laughs> I, I do. I got my flower mucking boots. Those go on. I go in because it is dirty. It is messy. <laughs> Um, you know, they can, they can get a little testy, you know, with, with as far as like, you know, when you have their food and they want their food and they could try to like, want to, you know, headbutt you a little bit. And there's a lot to navigate and you have to go in there, you know, with the ability to, to, to oversee that situation and not make it chaotic. Yeah. You know, so I have this one cheap Archie. Moses is amazing because I hand raised Moses. You know what I mean? So praise God. Moses is, he has not one spot or blemish on him, this lamb born on Passover. It's amazing how how that all came to be. But Archie also was born near Passover, came up from the South to us. And Archie, you touch him the wrong way. He wants to ram you. Mm. You pet him where he doesn't want to be pet. This this sheep wants to ram you, which is kind of like the congregation. You have some that are so loving, you know, and just want to be loved on. And others, you know, you say hello to them and they just want to, they just want to ram you. You know what I mean? And they just want to. So shepherding is not easy. It is not for the faint of heart. True shepherding. Because I have said this and I've said this for a year and a half now, but 
now is the is the hour and the time where the greatest plumb line is going to be dropped, where the greatest divide is going to happen between the shepherds and the showmen. Wow. Yeah. There's a difference. There yeah. are some that just want to be showmen and never get down and feed the sheep and get down in with the sheep, you know, yeah. and pray for the sheep. And really, you know what I mean? Really do what shepherding entails. Yeah. There are some that just want to go out there, not touch the sheep at all or deal with them but have their, you know what I mean? Their praise and their viewership and their other things. That's being a showman. The Lord wants shepherds. Will the real shepherds please stand up? Like this is the hour of that. <laughs> Will the real shepherds please stand up in the middle of this? Because it's not easy and it is hard. And pray for your pastors because it is yeah. very difficult. Well, these are flawed people trying to shepherd a flock for the Lord. Yeah. Because we're all flawed. We're all flawed. All Lord of us. Mercy. Not one of us is exempt from being Absolutely. flawed. Ask my husband. I'm sure he can come up with a list. <laughs> Amanda, I already he already sent me the list. I'll share it with you later. Uh, Amanda, uh, when a sheep... <laughs> thanks, by the way, Chris. Um, I've confirmed most of those. Um, Amanda, when a shepherd sees a sheep having physical body problems. Do they do something about it or they just ignore that? They do. Okay. So there's a couple of things that go on with sheep, which I'll go through very fast. So it's so interesting because when the Lord sent the sheep to me, he said, I'm going to teach you firsthand why I call my people sheep. You're going to really <laughs> learn this firsthand like a wow. shepherd would out there in the field. So this was very interesting the way the Lord did this. So if a sheep is say stuck in a ravine, um, or is injured. Many times a shepherd will go get the sheep, throw it over its shoulders and carry the sheep back to the flock in order to get it medical attention to attend to the sheep. So when they're injured, shepherds will go after the sheep. They will leave the flock. They'll leave the 99 to go after the one to rescue it and bring it back. A good shepherd does that. A good shepherd makes sure that sheep is treated for whatever ailments is going on with it. You have something else with shepherds and sheep, which is very interesting. And I talked about this when I, when I preached in Tulsa with you. When sheep want to be stubborn, rebellious, want to challenge your authority, because sheep will, especially male rams. This is why if you're going to keep sheep, many times um, they suggest, vets suggest that you that you castrate them because it kind of <coughs> tempers that behavior a bit. But when they want to challenge your authority and ram you and come after you to try to show I'm, you know, the shepherd here, I'm the big sheep on the block. There's something very interesting you have to do to sheep. And I've done this before to Moses when he was younger. You have to pick them up put them to the ground, hold them there and make them struggle and show them they cannot get up wow. because you are stronger than them because wow. livestock, this is the, this is the rule of livestock. Whoever is stronger, they submit to. And once they hmm. stop struggling and they realize you are stronger, you let them up and those sheep will submit to you. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And, and that is very, I had never, I would have never guessed that. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just thinking on, along the lines, because if the, um, the type in the shadow of the shepherd of sheep yeah. is this type in the shadow for the shepherd, for the 
body of Christ or for yes. the ecclesia in front of them, um, that there's a need for the shepherds today to help the sheep today in the body of Christ with their physical ailments. And we're talking divine healing. We're talking divine health. We're, they need to be teaching, you know, that the life of God, they need to be teaching divine healing. They need to be teaching that God is still a healer. And so we see a great deficit of that. So that's why we're having the Tulsa Healing Revival, even in our great city here. I mean, I'm having people at person after person walk up to me because I'm living kind of in like some call Tulsa Jerusalem, right? You know? But people will say to me, you're the only one I hear consistently doing healing. And I don't even have a church. I'm not a pastor in a church here. We're just a ministry that travels the nation and does things. And God called us to help and bring healing back to the city. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm excited. I'm expecting for churches across the nation to be awakened again to, they need to begin to share and teach the sheep how to receive healing, that God is a healer, that it's still his will today. It's not going away with the apostles, tongues and healing going away with the apostles. Come on, go hit your head on a rock and wake up. It's all in the word of God. It's for us today. And you can't deny that your cousin Elmo got healed by another person when someone prayed for him. But you just, you think, well, Elmo's lost his mind. No, God's healing. You've never found your mind. You've never found the mind of God concerning divine healing for today. You know, it's interesting because those that believe it's not for today are certainly vocal about Satan still being active. So don't tell wow. me that Satan is that active, but God closed up shop. Yeah. This is not how this works. It's not. <laughs> and so healing, we, there has to be healing yeah. in order to get people from a broken place into the, the will of God, into aligning with God's will for their life. So you see everything firing on all cylinders in your life for the glory of God. So you could be about his business. Healing is an important part of that. We have to receive healing to get out of the brokenness in order to steer us towards the will of God that he has for our life. Healing is a big part of the process that leads us to the promise. You have to go through it with the Lord. You do. Well, once again, Paul writing to that wonderful pastor, kind of son of his by the name of Timothy. Timothy, First Timothy, Timothy 4.1. Amanda, we could talk on this. We're coming to the close of our show, but we, we could talk on this one for a few hours. Now the Spirit of God speaketh expressly. Then in the latter times, hey, guess what? We're in the latter times. In the latter times, some shall depart from the faith in divine yeah. healing, Marty, you're adding to the scripture. I know because that faith being talked about there is talking about the entire redemptive work of Christ and everything that's been already given to us, which is healing as well. So in the latter times, some will depart from believing God's word. That's what that's talking about. Giving heed to what we talked about earlier, the occult, other spirits that deceive them, giving heed to seducing spirits and the doctrines of devils. It is a doctrine of devils implemented and smeared on the body of Christ by seducing spirits that healing is not for today. End of discussion. It is is doctrines of devils. 
you've got the spirit of pythos involved in that that was the gatekeeper yeah, yeah. to witchcraft in a way gatekeeper to the oracle at delphi in i think it was in philippi where that was it was in that area it was in the roman empire uh and so that is a a, a spirit that not only seduces but then coils and constricts yeah so you can't move forward interesting we we're probably gonna you know what marty next grace out loud we could do a part two we could and go into all this we could, we could. what do you think i love it let's do it okay, but good. i think because we are coming to our end here you know my heart is like where do we leave them we don't want to leave them in the truths that there's bad going on we want to leave them in the truth the way the truth and the life that we can come to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, we come to you in the name of Jesus. You are the spirit of truth. We're asking you if there's any area where we've gotten off, where we didn't embrace the fullness of God's word for us today, I'm asking you to show me. I'm asking you. I'm telling you what, my wife, she's, she, God is answering her prayers like nothing I have ever seen. Like everything she's praying like within a day or two or three, she's she'll ask the Lord, Lord, I've got a question about this. And then suddenly out of nowhere, the answer just plops in front of her. And God, and he's that way with all of us. He's just so crazy about bringing truth to us. I mean, literally one of the main, the main names, characteristics, personages of the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth Amen. who will lead you guide you. And it literally said all truth. So if you feel like you've maybe been deceived, if you're like, okay, Marty and Amanda, you guys talk about tongues, but I don't know. You know what? Good job. You just admitted you don't know. That's step number one. The Holy Ghost knows. And if you can trust him and if you can trust the word of God, you're, you're more than halfway there. So it starts with a prayer. Yes. Lord, show me, help yep. me. I'm because I just want to be open. I want the fullness of what you have. Yes. Some people are wondering why life is not so amazing, but they've never been open to the fullness of all that God's given us. The authority of the believer <clears throat> being led by the spirit of God, faith in God. What does that truly look like? Believing you receive when you pray, you know, speaking in tongues, receiving yes. divine healing, praying in tongues, ministering, all of these things, we open ourselves up to these things. It allows the fullness of God's blessing to come. Amen. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. It is necessary. You have Reverencing to open yourself God. up to it and have the Lord deal with mm. those things. So, yes. Yeah. Be open God. to it. Praise yeah. the Lord. Good. Praise the Lord, Marty. Well, good job today. Praise God. Good job, yeah. Marty. God is faithful. He is. He's good. Well, yes. Praise he's the Lord. Absolutely oh. good. There's a cat. You That's are Sadie. you've been very active back there. Yes, yeah, yep. Sadie has been all over the office, and Cyrus is sleeping to my right, probably your left. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, they've all been in and out today. All been in and out. Mm -hmm. Good. They well, love it's good to see you. Office, the animals. So, yeah. <clears throat> yes. Good to good see, to you, see Martin. you. Yeah, we appreciate you a lot. And uh, so, you. I just started this series. Um, actually, really, just started it this morning on reverencing the Lord. And I'm, I don't know how long it's going to be. I'm going to cover a lot of different aspects. The number one thing that I'd want to, I'm just kind of hitting on about this reverencing the Lord series is of many people that reach out to me is like, how do I draw nearer to God? 
this series is that. Yeah. Well, I've got enough of God. Well, then don't watch my series. You're going to be okay. You just stay where you are and happy get along street. You live there. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on going the way of drawing nearer to him because when we draw nearer to him, he draws nearer to us. Yes. There's going to be a day we stand before his throne and there's not going to be a veil of this flesh, this sinful flesh that's a veil between us and him anymore. Amen. Let's go ahead and start acting like that now about drawing nearer to him, pursuing God, being a God chaser. Remember that book years ago, God chaser? God chasers, yes, you yes. Know, chasing after him, reverencing even the littlest things. If he prompts you to do something, obey it quickly. You're reverencing the promptings and the leadings of God. All of this causes you to draw nearer to him. You'll get more used to his voice. You'll recognize his voice. You won't be led away by seducing spirits as much. Praise God. Praise God. And so you could go to loudmouthprayer.org. Yes. And you can you can watch these series and you can learn more about yeah. loudmouth prayer. Yes. And Mr. And Marty Christian and Miss Jenny. Yes, and go to run just go to Rumble and look for Loud okay. Prayer and you'll find our current series. So well, there you go. There's their cool. Rumble channel. You could go there to watch the series. So thank you, Marty, for joining yes. us. Thank we'll you. We'll be man. back with a part two with this. Yes, that sounds Let's great. Face out loud. Talk okay, to you soon. God bless you, Marty. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Okay, and that concludes Grace Out Loud for this week. We pray that you you got quite a bit out of this one. Praise God. There was a lot there. So really wonderful. And um, so I will see, uh, we will announce when we're coming back on this week. Uh, and so for sure, uh, next week, we're going to have some interesting things to talk about as well. So we will announce for that. And also at the end here, um, we're just going to put up, give a derm for a moment. We get lots of emails about this. I'm not even kidding you about what I use on my skin. And I prefer natural skincare. And so Give a Derm is what I use basically for skincare. It is all natural. It's plant-based. These women are believers. They're amazing. Uh, and so Give a Derm is, uh, it, it's just something that I find actually works. So praise the Lord for that. Um, and I believe there is a code ARC10 that you can use for that. And uh, get there you go. There it is. ARC10 is the code. So you can you can go to arcofgrace.org forward slash ministry dash partners to learn more. I absolutely love this line. So there it is. And that's all for today. So God bless everyone. Cyrus is sound asleep, out cold on the floor. Keep the faith. We love you. Armor up according to Ephesians chapter 6. Psalm 91, I say it every single day, takes two to three minutes. Very powerful psalm. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down and destruction of strongholds. Also, Ephesians chapter 1 and 3 from the Believer's Authority. I quote those scriptures every day. If you want the wisdom of that, that God can give to increase in your life, I would get the Believer's Authority. I would start quoting those scriptures from Ephesians chapter 1 and 3 every single day. So thank you for joining us this evening. God bless you. Keep the faith. We love you, and we will be back on soon. God bless everybody. Hello, everyone. Amanda Grace here. So, as many of you know, Dr. Mark Sherwood and Dr. Michelle Sherwood of the Functional Medical Institute are mine and Chris's doctors. And so, I went to Dr. Sherwood with 
a problem that I was seeing, not only with, with what I was going through, but with what other women were going through concerning their metabolism, concerning energy, concerning their hormones. And so we put our heads together and we are very happy now to finally be able to present to you Rafa for women. Rafa means healer in Hebrew. So it is an ode to the Lord because he is our healer. He put things in the earth that help heal us. And so Rafa is a product that was created for that. It also helps by helping with a healthy metabolism and natural hormones, as well as it helps balance fatigue. It helps with weight gain, night sweats, mood swings, blood sugar issues, and more. It is all natural. And I find more and more people are going into the natural arena in order to find solutions to issues that they're going through. So if you'd like to learn more, you can go to www.arcofgrace.org forward slash ministry dash partners to learn more about Rafa today. God bless. Hey everyone, Amanda Grace here. If you are looking for advice on financial matters, if you think gold and silver might be right for you, go to bh-pm.com today. Andrew Sorcini of Beverly Hills Precious Metals, who has been on Ark of Grace many times and loves to answer our viewer questions, is here with his team to answer all of your gold and silver needs. Whether you want to buy gold and silver, whether you have questions to see if it's right for you, whether you are looking to roll over retirement accounts, go to bh-pm.com today and Andrew and his team will be more than happy to assist you with all of your needs. If you want to support an amazing patriot and be a blessing, go to MyPillow.com today and use promo code ARK, A-R-K, to save up to 66% or more off of all MyPillow products. They have pillows, of course, but they are so much more than pillows. They have sheets. They have slippers. They have bathrobes. They even have dog beds. And a fun fact for all of you, Noble, one of our pigs at our animal sanctuary, has indeed slept on a MyPillow dog bed. So if you want to be a blessing, you can go to MyPillow.com today and use promo code ARC. It is an alternative to big pharma based on quantum physics, over 40 scripture verses written into these patches for everything from blood sugar, anxiety, pain, neuropathy, to immune system boost, dog pain. They are very sincere about um, having alternatives to big pharma. We are a big advocate of natural solutions to help with pain and, and, and blood sugar and a host of other issues. I yeah. tried the pain patches and, yes, and they worked when I used them. When you connect it to your body, the skin patch changes changes your brainwaves. Sugar, this one is neuropathy. I actually have it on. And we use this on Toby, actually, because Toby's about eight years old. And from being paralyzed years ago and the Lord miraculously healing him, he has a little leftover with his joints and his hips. So we actually give him the doggy pain patches. What was he doing? He was running? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I walked him out. And wow, he's boom. And he got power. I said, no way. And I don't know. I said, Amanda, what? What did you do to him? To <laughs> <laughs> so it's good.